0: passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Okay, so today, we're going to be talking with I don't know why I, I wanted to call you doctor for a second there, Lauren. <laughs>
2: well, actually, a lot of lawyers do call themselves. I know they do. The JD is a doctorate, so yeah, I'll take it. Why yeah, not? That's
1: so funny. Well, I, it was the whole Esquire part, right? But we're going to be speaking with Lauren Cohen today, Esquire, <laughs> and she's an international legal and real estate exchange attorney. And you know, the reason I wanted to bring you on the show, and we'll talk about you here a little bit more, and you can tell us about your background and what whatnot, but the reason why I wanted to bring you on here is that, you know, we've become very global during COVID, right? <laughs> very global, right. And there's this hankering for us to want to travel globally because we can't. Um, now, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately for me, I've always traveled globally because I am an international speaker and I love traveling, you know, with my husband and stuff. And so, yeah, we feel really trapped, but, but more than ever, we're like, we have to get out of the United States Which is really sad because we have so much to see here in the U.S. And the fact that we haven't been going to exotic places in the U.S. is just crazy. But this begs this question, you know, now that we are global and now that I just feel like we've always been global, but now that we are a little more global, that this opens up more opportunities. And one of the things that I talk about in my coaching programs is the opportunity to have multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. And I find that loan officers and real estate agents alike are very blinder. you know, they have blinders on for what 100%. they do. I'm a residential loan officer. I'm a commercial yeah. loan officer. I'm a commercial realtor. And there's so many opportunities out there for us to create multiple streams of income that will take us from today and beyond. And quite right. frankly, it is the reason why I was able to retire three years ago from origination in London. You're
2: doing a great job of retiring, Jen.
1: Yeah. Well, no, it's retiring from lending, <laughs> retiring from lending, <laughs> Retiring from lending. you know, from being directly involved with mortgage lending is because I did have, and do have all these multiple streams of income that I built over a period, you know, of 30 some years in the industry. So, so this is why you're here today is I want to introduce Ooh, everyone to these. Now op- I
2: have a high ticket to live up to.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure you will, and you will live up to it. So I know what you do is you help, um, I'm going to read exactly what it is. I know you can say it, but you help investors develop cross-border real estate investment strategies. So you're working with international people coming here. You're working with people here going there. So what I want you to do is tell us first, you know, you went to law school. I did. And everybody goes into law school and they go, okay, so what is my specialty going to be? So tell us how
2: you
1: formed from going from law school and what you thought you were going to do to where you are now. How did you get into this realm?
2: That's a great question. So I went into law school fully intending to be an M&A attorney, Mergers and Acquisitions. I wanted to be on Wall Street. I wanted to be doing deals. I wanted to make deals happen you know, whether it be Wall Street or Bay Street, because I was in Canada, I didn't really care. I just knew I wanted to be global. I knew I wanted to make an impact. And I knew I wanted to be at the deal table. Yeah. Originally, when I was 11 and decided to be a lawyer, I wanted to be a divorce lawyer. That was, I kiboshed that. <laughs> <laughs> Although that you'd be making like, a ton living. of money
1: there too right now. Pardon me? <laughs> you'd be making a ton of money. Oh, a lot
2: too. of money, right? A lot of money. Yeah. But that yeah. wasn't my, it wasn't what drew me. I, I wanted to be in the deal room and making deals happen. Yeah. And then I moved to Florida from Toronto, and I wasn't able to fully use my law license. I had limitations because I wasn't licensed in Florida. They didn't recognize Canadian law degrees. I didn't want to go back to law school, so I knew I had to find some other way. So I worked in-house for many years, and then I, it's kind of various circumstances, you know. I went on my honeymoon, my second honeymoon. And on the way back, <laughs> we, my ex-husband, my then-husband, was deported, expeditiously removed. Oh, wow.
1: Raid. Oh, my gosh. And
2: yeah. he was sent away. I was sent home. And I was like, what now? And I had nothing to do with immigration at the time. I grew up in real estate. My mom was a realtor. So I, I always knew there was a real estate component. Anyway, to make a long story short, after that trip and then fighting to try to get him in the country, and that's a whole other story of, that we will save for another time. But after that all happened, I knew that I had a pull to do something in the immigration world. Then I ended up getting my own green card, then becoming a citizen. And in the process of that, decided I'm getting my real estate license because I'm a great referrer like you. I'm a great connector and I had grown up in the industry. So I got my real estate license and actually through COVID is when it all kind of manifested because I've always been doing real estate helping real estate investors find their path, creating business plans uh, helping them get visas. And then I created a signature program called Immigrate Through Real Estate. So it really was, so was just a yeah. matter of kind of circumstances and yeah. knowing when you're pulled in a certain direction and following that pull.
1: Yeah, I think that's really cool. I love Immigrate Through Real Estate. How cool is that? <laughs> It's amazing how people can come up with some of these great phrases that I can never come up with. I could come up for other people, but never for myself, right? Right. And it's funny, I had someone on my other podcast who is a, he's from the UK, so he has that beautiful accent, right? And he's this big guy. He was in the World Wrestling Federation for years. So imagine this big UK guy who starts speaking in, in his cute little language, right? In his accent. And he has a podcast called Wrestling with Real Estate. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I was I like, well, why do not I have something so cool like you too? I swear. I love that. I'd love it, to it,
2: meet this gentleman, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah,
1: you will. That you would will. be awesome. You'll definitely, you'll definitely meet him because Wrestling he's a real estate investor. <laughs> he's a real estate investor as well. Surprise! Yeah, surprise, surprise, surprise. It's amazing how we hang out together. And um, so I want to I just start at the basics of this for those that are listening in, you know, because when we hear international immigration, foreign service, you know, all that, as loan officers and, and realtors who are in the residential space, you know we start cringing a little bit like, oh, it's going to be really tough. It's 35% down. And oh, do we have what visa do we have? And we got to look up the guidelines. And are you a resident alien? Are you not? Or do you have a green card? What do you have? It's so frustrating. And so people tend to shy away from it. But again, we want to talk about multiple streams of income and not shying away from this. So you work with investors specifically, right? So let's talk about that. So let's say I'm somebody from Dubai, okay? And I want to get involved.
2: Can just make it Canada? Sure. <laughs> Dubai's a little complex.
1: Okay. I'm from Canada. Okay, thank you. Okay, so now we have an investor from Canada and they want to come. And sometimes, you know, I just think it might be an investor from another state because it's foreign to me. There's some language it's barriers. Foreign, no what. Right. And there's some language barriers in the dialect of our United States of America. I will tell you that. So someone comes over from, you know, or comes down from Canada and wants to invest in the United States um, as a means to, you know, dabble in the United States, permanently dabble or maybe come over here and live. Okay. What are some of the challenges that are posed? And I'd like your opinion from the lending side as well, because you do encounter this as well. But what are some of the challenges that are first and foremost that someone needs to be looking at? And I would ask you to go back up to Canada too if I wanted to go invest in Canada.
2: Got it. So it's a lot different depending on if you're going from the US into another country or from another country into the US. And these, the response that I'm going to give is for, let's say, many countries that yeah. have access to a treaty investor visa. And that's why I said Canada. And Dubai yeah. is challenging. Canada is okay. Mexico is okay. UK, Australia, France, Germany. Okay. Yeah. Spain, Italy, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you get the drift. So there's many countries that are pretty easy. What that means is, you want to start on your path. And one of the challenges is definitely accessing financing, asset, accessing mortgages, because okay. if you are a foreign national, it's either a non-conforming loan, or you have to find other strategies, or you have to pay a huge, a huge percentage, much higher than the percentages that we're dealing with. And it makes it a little less or a lot less appealing. And every single day I'm asked that question. Then we have the issue of, well, on what basis are you getting that financing? Are you investing personally? Are you investing through an entity? How does that entity structure look? And you have to make sure that however you're doing the investment also doesn't compromise your tax status in your home country. Now, this is going to be a little different if your plan is to stay in Canada, Mexico, Spain, Italy. Right. You're a true
1: investor, investor.
2: Pardon me. Right. Exactly. And you're just staying in, you know, you're not using it as a path to immigrate through real estate versus I want to immigrate eventually. Okay. I have somebody texting me madly on Facebook right now. They don't have enough capital, but they want to build a portfolio that will enable them to access sufficient capital to immigrate to real estate that's a different model because you're going to be looking at financing differently you want to make sure that you don't overfinance yourself and you're going to have different tax perspectives as well so you have to make sure that you set up your entity structure with that in mind so what's super important no matter who you are or what your plan is is to have a strategy and that strategy is a short-term strategy as well as a long-term strategy. Right. Both goals, both sets of goals have to be encompassed in that strategy or the strategy is going to fail because it's not going to meet or satisfy your needs. It might satisfy them for the short term, but then what happens here when you decide, oh, I want to immigrate after all. And by the way, immigrate through real estate does not necessarily mean that you have to move. Right. And this right. is really interesting and it's kind, you kind of mentioned it, Jen, because A lot of people don't realize that there are huge benefits, huge to getting a visa to run your business or run your real estate investment portfolio in the US, whether you ever want to move or not. It gives you flexibility and options and access to a social security number, which we all know dictates our lives, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah. The extent of, you know, and I I have done foreign national financing and all that stuff because it, it does find its way into investor lending, which is right. what I did, non-owner occupied in lending. So I definitely had the opportunity to work with... Actually, I worked with someone who was transferring money. She was a money transferring person, right? Mm-hmm. Which I should probably introduce you to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she does. And I'm trying to think what it's called. But anyway, you know, it, where she transfers the money and how Currency she did, exchange uh, the like foreign that. exchange piece yeah. uh-huh. of that. And she also happens to be a real estate agent. And so she kind of worked on that. That. Perspective of that or spectrum of it. But when I think when most people think about buying overseas, it immediately takes us to an HGTV show, right? And where we're buying overseas. And you're watching, you know, and saying, oh, which one are they going to pick? Number one, two, or three, right? As they're going through there. And so if I'm thinking about that, right? And I'm thinking about, oh, I want to start doing some investments overseas because I'm an Airbnb investor. It's one of the three things that I do in investing. Is invest in Airbnbs. If I want to do an international Airbnb to allow me to go and stay in my own Airbnb in France because right. I want to go to France, I always think I've, I have to pay cash. I Not have to pay cash. That's necessarily true. So, walk us through something like that. You know, because you know, loan officers and real estate agents have been banking cash over co- during COVID. And now they've got this extra cash and we want to keep it fluid. That's the problem right. with most people is they, I don't mind saving. I love saving, but we want to keep it fluid. And we do not want to buy a $35,000 watch. Let me just say, please. You want to buy a
2: $35,000 property, maybe. That yeah, might let's be.
1: buy that. I just bought a $21,000 property with cash, right? Exactly. And it's cash flowing $500 a month. Yeah. Yeah, it's silly stuff. But anyway, so walk us through that and say, okay, so I've got a little extra cash. Where right. can I invest? And what would be some of the things I'd have to start doing?
2: Sure. So first of all, if you're in the US, you can probably get access to funding to invest outside of the US just by virtue of your access to maybe a, a line of credit or a HELOC or some other option that yeah, can bring you cash. access to cash and capital in the US to invest overseas. But the other thing that is possible, just like for foreigners that are coming into the US and need to access capital, is there is capital in other countries, but you have to work with the right team. And I say team, mm-hmm. but it's the team leader that really is the key. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like last night, I did a joint webinar presentation with my asset protection partner, let's right. call him. And I didn't think to reach out to him ahead and say, we need to do these together because otherwise you're going to have these cross-border people that are not going to have the cross-border guidance. And I'm going to have these people that need juice. So it's kind of like- And the tax piece too.
1: Right, and the tax piece too. The tax
2: piece too. Now, and I have a tax expert. Now, the key is here that I've been in the space and I'm sure many of the listeners will have heard of EB-5. And I was in the EB-5 space where the foreign national invests in the US business and creates at least 10 jobs and they could do it passively or actively. Correct, correct. Whether it's through a regional center, a passive investment, a direct investment, whatever. The point is that through that- Involvement in the EB five space for so many years, yeah. and one of the foremost EB five experts in the country, I created relationships across borders. And obviously, I am from another country, so if you're investing in Canada, that's easy. If you're investing in Mexico, I've like we have developments in Mexico, and I'm working with somebody right now who's building a project in Honduras, somebody in Spain. I have contacts in Israel like like crazy, and now in India as well. So if the point is that you want to work with somebody who has your back so that you can stay in your lane and develop your investment strategy. And this person, whoever this person may be, has those relationships. And this doesn't mean that it's huge amounts of cash outlay. We love subject twos. They're gonna oh, be Oh that's a, my favorite. That's lot. one of my
1: three ways, by the way.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: That's one and of my there are going ways. to
2: be a lot of subject twos when oh, forbearance yes. is over. Yes. Okay. So granted, I thought it would happen by now, but that's because originally the forbearance period was, was supposed to be, well, yeah. right. It keeps being extended. So yeah. the point is that it's all about, a lot of people say to me, well, you're a lawyer. What are you delivering to me? Like, what's my deliverable? Because everybody's now used to getting like a white paper. And Granted, I do. I'm going to give all of you a gift, real estate investing across borders. But it's like, what are you delivering? Because at the end of the day, people want something tangible. I'm like, I'm delivering you my experience. Yeah. I'm delivering you my knowledge. That professional you knowledge, you can't match it. It's not something that you can just go and buy on the internet. It's something that comes from years and years of work, too many years, of working with, with people that don't understand what they don't understand and yeah. don't know what they don't know. And it's hitting Until you hit those walls, you're not going to know. But trust me, you're going to hit them and you don't want to. And when you're going into another country, it's just as important to make sure your structure in the U.S. is perfect and seamless because otherwise you're going to pay the IRS all the money that you make in that other country. Yeah. So you've got to invest with people that understand both sides, whether it's Dubai or you know, <laughs> London or Toronto or Mexico City. I don't care.
1: Yeah. So how has COVID affected cross-border investing these days?
2: That's a great question, Jen. So at the beginning, a year ago, every deal that I had, I was about to like, about literally to break through right after the marketers cruise, I had six relatively significant contracts that were signed. Every one of them disappeared because they weren't able, like everybody was in a panic, global pandemic. What am I going to do? How do I invest? What do I, I don't want to move to the U.S. now. And through Most of 2020, that was what was going on. There was a yeah. lot of political unrest with a lot of, you know. Now, I'm not saying that the pandemic is over, but at least we have it under control. Those of us who want to be vaccinated in the US are probably in the process. My mom just found out in Canada that she's getting vaccinated the first week in April, thank God, because she's been like waiting, pretending yeah. that she was uh, her boyfriend's um, caretaker and they still wouldn't give it to her. And she's yeah. not exactly under 65. So, Anyway, yeah. the point being that global pandemic creates fear and fear created challenges and people were like, I don't want to do this. But now I've never had so many inquiries in my life.
1: That's what I said to you is that there's this hankering to travel and to have a place to be as well. Yes. And, and I don't know why there's that urge for that because we have that urge right now. We're saying it's time that we buy something out of the United States and maybe because we don't want to be trapped in the United States again. And maybe that's why mm-hmm. foreign people mm-hmm. are doing the same thing because they don't want to be trapped in their, <laughs> their country again. But if yeah. this pandemic were to go on for years and years and years, we'd be trapped there too, you know, but it doesn't matter why it's happening. It's just, you know, for some reason it, it is definitely happening. Yeah. And I think right. that's critical. So now I know that you are also both of us, by the way, are EXP realtors. Right. We both have both are part of EXP real estate. And again, that's another revenue stream, you know, for me in a couple of different ways. You know, I do some coaching for EXP and, you know, there's some great things that are coming out soon here with the EXP as well. So as an EXP real estate agent that you bring that knowledge, you know, in the real estate perspective and not just from an attorney perspective, because we know as loan officers and real estate agents, when attorneys get involved in places they don't have the knowledge on, it's very frustrating. Right. So, you Absolutely. bring that experience with you. Tell us how you are interacting with residential and commercial loan officers in getting some of these things done. Because ideally, and real estate agents too, ideally, as realtors, you sell real estate. You don't just sell first time home buyers and move up buyers and that kind of thing. You do, you work with investors, you should be, and you w- should be working with foreign nationals as well. You shouldn't, you know, stopping yourself from doing that. And I feel the same way about residential and commercial loan officers. So what is the hardest part about working with loan officers in the United States when it comes to that phone call that says, hi, I have a foreign national.
2: They think inside the box. Right. That's definitely the biggest challenge, I think, with anybody, but certainly with realtors and loan officers. Now, part of the reason I joined DXP is because out of the box. Yeah. Well, and it's
1: international. (laughs)
2: it's international. And I joined about 14 months ago and we've just announced we're going into my favorite country, Israel and Spain and Colombia. We're already in 13 countries and we have a global presence. Now I will tell you at least twice a week, I get asked some question. Like people think because of my title that I work for EXP, like I actually get paid a salary, which I do not, but I'm happy to help. And the truth is that So many realtors and mortgage loan officers could benefit from having a knowledge of how to work with foreign nationals, who to refer them to. Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid because foreign nationals can be your best friend and they can that you build a strong relationship and rapport. They're not going to be looking around for somebody who's cutting their commission. They want somebody that understands what they're doing and that has access to people like me or Jen that can help you to close the deals. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. In the lane, don't focus on, well, what country are you from? I don't know if you qualify for a visa. What visa do you want? Don't worry about that. Worry about figuring out the strategy that works for that person, and then we'll figure out the rest. And the reality is, there are so many opportunities. Now, I was just appointed I don't even think you know this, but I was appointed as the chair of the International Investment Committee of EXP Realty, uh, EXP Commercial. And it's a really amazing opportunity because EXP Commercial is literally at the ground floor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like EXP Realty was six years ago when I first heard about it and was like, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I know. What's that? And now I'm like, oh. But anyway, the point is that. You've got a ground floor opportunity. eXp Commercial is rolling out as a separate division, completely separate from eXp Realty. The gentleman who heads it up, Jim Wong, he is, I've never seen somebody with so much energy between him and Michael Valdez, who's the president of eXp Global. Like their energy is like this morning, he's on Pacific Time, we just had a call and he's like, I didn't have my coffee yet. I'm thinking, oh my God, he didn't have his coffee yet.
1: (laughs) Pardon me? Yeah, what happens when you do? Oh, my right. God. Exactly. That I'm is-
2: thinking, wow, because yeah. I thought I, I was high energy, but he's like a ball of fire and you can't help but be drawn in and excited and motivated. And I've had my license, Jen, for 13 years and done nothing until I joined EXP. Nothing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, and, and I mean, that's why we, well, we joined EA- EXP for a different reason because I don't want to be a real estate agent. But, Me neither. but I use it for other purposes. Yeah. Yeah. For other purposes. Uh, mine, mine's mostly in. recruiting. Yeah. Mine's mostly recruiting because, you know, I just feel like it's a great company. And for the ancillary income, you know, again, I'm always looking for revenue streams. I'm, I'm up mm-hmm. to, I think, 12 revenue streams now. And we know that in life, you should have seven to be really, really successful. <laughs> and now I'm at 12. And I have one new, a new one starting that I shared with you on your podcast, you know. That's new, right. The TV show. show. Yeah. A TV show that's coming out as well. I mean, it's just all about growth. And I, again, you know, getting back to the core of what this particular episode and podcast is about is to open up doors and opportunities for people to say, hey, look, there's more ways to skin a cat than just do the same old thing that we've been doing. We are so much ingrained in a trough of what a traditional real estate agent and what a traditional loan officer do that we're missing so many opportunities. And this is why years ago, I started doing more business for investor loans outside of the traditional financing, because I couldn't get it for myself. And it was out of my own need that I started exploring different opportunities. And I'm talking about the fix and flips and the subject twos and the the hard money and Most everyone has access to a hard money for a fix and flip, but you'd need it for all different kinds of reasons. And now my expanded company now, you know, that's all I do is investor financing across the Mm -hmm. United States. And I'm going to now be exploring if I can do this across the waters as well. And I feel like I can, because we have crowdfunding, we have private money, and I know that I know that we're going to be able to, so I'm really excited. I can help you
2: with that. And I know lots of people that need money. So, you know, and that's really what I think it's all about. Is with, connecting with and networking. Connecting. Yep. That's and exact. also exploring and being open. Because if you're closed-minded and you just want to buy and sell houses or as a lawyer, like, think about how many lawyers are working. Do not that I'm not paper. working crazy hours, but they're working crazy hours and they go to work every day and they're drained and exhausted and lawyers have the highest suicide rate of anybody because it's a draining career. Now, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not exhausted, but I'm motivated and, right. and I love what I do. I love the fact that I can take my legal background, my law degree, my law licenses, and have an impact. Yeah. On people. And I think that that was what I wanted back in law school. More when fulfillment.
1: I feel- More fulfillment, right? I mean, right. that's really honestly, that's what all my coaching is about. You know, and I've talked about it too, is, you know, is that it's all about the fulfillment, the lifestyle business mastery, right? Is we want that lifestyle while we have the business and it's all about fulfillment and we can't get it from being in this one lane necessarily. And I will tell you, you know, a lot of my coaching clients are now buying investment properties. They're investing in Bitcoin with me, you know, and I, I just popped a bunch of money in there last night, more money. My son gave me a call and he's like, hey, um, have you put any more money into Bitcoin? I'm like, I don't know, should I? And he does this for a living. And I said, well, should I? And he said, yeah, uh, mom, you should probably pop some more money in there. So I did. So uh, because there was a big announcement, now the big major institutions that we all have our 401k and our mutual funds can now invest in Bitcoin. Um, so don't you think Bitcoin's going to go up in value? Of course. So those are the types of things that we need to be looking at. To ensure that we are taking care of ourselves and our families and leaving that dynasty or legacy that you want to be doing and and it is about fulfillment. it truly is. I mean, look, the only reason I want to invest out overseas is because I want to go stay there and in my Airbnb <laughs> right that's what I want to do. I don't want to have investment properties where I have apartment buildings and rentals. I don't want to do any of that. I want Airbnb that's it
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's quite simple so one of the things that I just wanted, as we kind of close this up, I want to ask you about it, is that I'm a believer that your future is a series of nows. What you're doing today is a, an example of your future. What does the future look like for you? What are you doing now that's different? You, you mentioned you're now really digging into the global piece of this, but what's out there for you personally, not professionally with EXP or with your, you know, your law practice, but what's the future look like for you?
2: So I originally came up with the idea of building my business when I was, before I had my son, when I was actually leaving my husband at the time in Israel, when I said, that's it, I'm done, the one that got deported. And it was not because of that. And I was leaving and I was trying to think of what I wanted to do. In Israel, at the departures lounge, there's like, there's a big ramp. And I was walking down the ramp and there's a big window above and you're walking what do I don't want to do? I said, I want to be able to be global. I want to be able to live where I want. Obviously, again, before I had a child, I want to be able to be in Toronto, my hometown, be in Israel, my homeland, be in Florida, where my home is, or be wherever <laughs> I wanted to be at any given time, which is why my tagline is invest, live, work, and play across yeah. borders, which by yeah. the way happened on the marketer's cruise, that tagline, just saying. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I could give credit was Jeanette Anderson who helped me come up with it. So that's
1: beautiful. Another
2: Canadian. Anyway, yeah. the point is my goal personally is to be in Israel. I say that I'm open about it. I would love to be living there. I don't know if that's going to happen before my son goes to college. I don't want him to have to be in the army unless he chooses to, but I want that truly mobile lifestyle. Like our friend Mike Wolf has where I can be, where I want to be when I want to be there. Yeah. And yeah, I'll have main home, but I really love that model. And I've done it before. I've summered in Israel before. I don't know what this summer looks like. We're kind of just playing it by ear. But being Uh there for six or eight weeks, it just brings me home. It brings my spirituality home. And that's where it resonates with me. And the fact that EXP just added Israel just the other day, I'm like, okay. It's it's happening.
1: It's happening. we are manifesting it. It's happening. It's definitely going to happen for you. There's no question about it. Do you know Drew Berman? No. Well, you know Paul Fink, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. So, Paul's my coach and love the man. And Drew is his network marketing division. He runs his entire network marketing division, you know, which I'm part of for for several things. Again, more avenues of income, (laughs) more avenues of income. One of the things that Drew says is phone in hand, toes in sand. Phone and toes in sand. Love it. (laughs) That's the life. What it would before it was like a traveling computer thing, or we want a you know,
2: laptop to, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah.
1: laptop lifestyle. I don't even want my laptop. I want my phone. That's it. Just my phone, phone in hand, toes in sand. That's really what we're talking about here on this particular episode is really helping people understand that there are so many opportunities Options. out there to take the blinders off, look at all the opportunities that are available to you out in the market space. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure getting to know you on the cruise ship. In a, we just be, keep bopping into each other every place we go. I love it. There's that something to
2: that. We know it.
1: Yeah. And I love that you're in our mastermind. So we're going to be talking to each other for a whole year. Um, and if not longer, we'll talk. And I longer. know it will be.
2: I think you're stuck with me.
1: I know. <laughs> I think we're both stuck with one another.
2: Could be, It could be worse. It could be yeah. worse. No,
1: it's awesome. Well, thank you again, Lauren, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And for those of you that are listening, as always, I always say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us. And. Hopefully we've given you another little aha moment, a little golden nugget of something that you could implement if you decide that that's something that you want to do. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy, busy day to listen in on us. And again, I have to encourage you to please write us a review and give us five-star rating. I love seeing those continue to come in. We've been around now six and a half years as a podcast, and we don't want a series that came in the first year and then not have any more. So continue to do that. And we will continue to support you and give you new ideas and bring great people on with us. And again, we will have the link to the gift that Lauren is going to be giving us in the bottom of the episode, as well as how to contact her so that she can help you pull back the curtain on this new opportunity. So we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery.
0: Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery Membership Community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and... So much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.
1: Hi there, it's Jen Duplessis. How are you? Okay, so I know I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but I want to make sure that we got it again. We are offering the opportunity to do live coaching with me in a panel setting as part of the podcast. So if you are interested or you have a challenge, you have a a struggle that you have, you want to grow your team, but you're just not sure how to do it, or you just have some basic questions about your business, I would love to have the opportunity to coach you as part of one of our episodes of Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm really excited for this opportunity. Now, we already have some people that have signed up, so there's a waiting list, but get yourself on the list. Get yourself on the the list to have that opportunity to be a market influencer. And listen, I've mentioned this several times before. When you're vulnerable, it's attractive. When you are willing to go out and say, hey, I have a struggle and I need some help. And the bottom line is, if you want the help, then get it. It's an offer I'm making to everybody. So, but that vulnerability isn't that you don't want your real estate agents to hear about it or you don't want your loan officers, you know, that, oh, I've got this myself and being strong. It's actually a defense mechanism and it's not attractive. What makes people attractive is when they're very vulnerable saying, I have a problem. I need help. Can you all help me? And the best part about it is when it's all said and done, you're going to get the help that you need to move your business forward. So I'm going to encourage you again to send an email to support at kineticsparkconsulting.com. And we'll have that link down here in the show notes as well. Send an email to support at kineticsparkconsulting.com and we'll get you on that waiting list and get you into a panel of no more than three people. I probably won't do two people, but I need three, but not four. And we'll use that time in a podcast to answer your questions and get some on-the-spot coaching. So I look forward to uh, having that opportunity to help you out. If you feel it's relevant for you, then get yourself on this. We're going to be doing it all year long. So I'm really excited about this opportunity and hope that you want to take advantage of it as well. So I'll talk to you soon.